When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good Risings. I'm Jackie. And I'm Brian. And this is Grateful Grains. Welcome back. Happy Earth Day. As you probably know, we've been celebrating by spending this week talking planet Earth and the world community. We got it started Monday by talking about existence and the Earth itself. Tuesday, we talked about Earth as an experience. Wednesday, it was Earth the provider. Yesterday, we looked into the wild community. And we're wrapping it up today with our connection with animals. I can confidently say I speak for both Jackie and I when I say our relationship with animals is very much a part of our identity. I'd say we're both keenly aware of how lucky we are to experience the level of connection we have with the animals in our lives. So much so that I credit my dog of 16 years, Rock, with raising me into adulthood. From 20 years old up until last January, he was my constant. My responsibility to him and his dedication to me was the driving force of my growth as a human being. He changed me for the better in every way I can imagine. We don't come across those kinds of bonds often in life, even with humans. So like Brian said, we do feel very lucky to be able to experience them with animals. I think it's likely rooted in the fact that we were both raised in rural environments. Not only did we have the space to have a wide array of domestic animals, everything from horses to chickens to goats to of course dogs, but we've also always been keenly aware of the wildlife we were sharing space with. Everything from wolves to raccoons to birds to mountain lions. And the result is that we've come to understand the profound individuality in animals. Each and every animal I've ever known has had its own identity, its own level of awareness, its own preferences, opinions, interests, and motivations. And I can say without question, this is one of those situations where science will continue to catch up with what many people already know. Animals are sentient beings very much capable of feeling and expressing emotion. The travesty here is that so few people have the opportunity to understand and appreciate animals on this level. And so animal rights and the fair treatment of animals becomes a sort of inconsequential endeavor for them. I think a fantastic example of this is the battle surrounding pit bulls. The narrative surrounding these dogs is that they're aggressive, they're violent, they're unpredictable. It's led to major legislation outlawing the breed. It leads to hundreds of thousands of pit bulls being put down in shelters. And the reality is, pit bulls are some of the most loyal, affectionate, emotional animals out there. Anyone who follows me on social media knows that I have a pit bull who's been there from day one with my two children, and she'll be there with my third. She's very much another child to me. She is the kindest, most attentive dog I could have ever imagined having around my kids. They're absolutely precious to her. Right, it's so important that people see those videos and images too. It's so absurd. You read the headlines about pit bulls, and then you turn around and look at the way that Jamee behaves with the kids. You see something's not adding up. I was raised with two pit bulls too, Bruiser and Sheba. 
In fact, some of my earliest memories are climbing all over those dogs, roughhousing. And like you said, they were incredibly kind, incredibly gentle. But these dogs are also the face of dog fighting. And the news picks up a story every time a pit bull attacks a human. The problem here is training a dog to be aggressive. But for the same reason, we set our sights on the animals and not the people abusing and misusing them. It's just another example of humans neglecting our responsibility to animals. Our connection with animals is very much tied to our evolution, physiologically, socially, and psychologically, even helping us invent language early on. In fact, our domestication of animals is one of the primary factors in distinguishing humans from other mammals, in unison with toolmaking and symbolic behavior and language. Paleoanthropologist Pat Shipman of Penn State University theorizes that our need to communicate knowledge regarding the behavior of prey animals and predators was the primary reason humans began to develop and use symbols and language. Even before the formal domestication of animals, humans began to form strong bonds with animals. As we learned to track and kill for survival, we innately began to take in animals who also knew how to hunt. Green News summarizes that ancient DNA supports the hypothesis that dog domestication preceded the emergence of agriculture and was initiated close to the last glacial era when hunter-gatherers preyed on megafauna. Wolves might have taken advantage of carcasses left on site by early hunters. It likely led to these animals assisting in the capture of prey and providing defense from large competing predators at kill sites. Wolves were also likely attracted to human campfires by the smell of meat being cooked and remains being discarded in the vicinity. They likely loosely attached themselves and considered these spaces part of their home territory. And humans likely understood these animals to be helpful in signaling and fighting off other predators. The wolves most likely drawn to human camps were those with lowered flight responses and higher stress thresholds, making them less wary around humans and therefore better candidates for domestication. Social communicative skills between dogs and humans evolved in such a way that dogs can understand the emotional expressions of human faces. And most people can discern from a bark whether a dog is alone, playing, or being aggressive. And most can tell from a growl how big the dog is. Our co-evolution is also observable in the fact that extended eye contact between humans and their animal counterparts increases oxytocin levels in both the dog and its owner. Oxytocin is, of course, known for its role in bonding. In terms of the impact this bond has had on us as a species, the animal connection gave a selective advantage to those who had better abilities to observe, to draw conclusions, to communicate, and to run alongside pack animals for survival, both in hunting and protection. The domestication of the dog eventually led to the domestication of goats, cows, and horses, providing milk, fur, or wool, and finally hides and meat. This style of living allowed humans to live in higher densities and more permanent settlements. Domestication enabled humans to switch from foraging, hunting, and gathering to agriculture and breeding. It triggered a shift from a nomadic or migratory lifestyle to settled living patterns. Humans' strong connection with animals, rather than a desire for food, is why people decided to keep companion animals like dogs and cats around. Green News puts it perfectly. The animal connection compelled humans to learn and care for fellow creatures. However, this is not the case 
for the majority of other animals. As humans have come to dominate the planet through their co-evolution with animals, humans have also caused serious damage to a variety of different animals through extensive hunting and the destruction of their habitats, and often resulting in the extinction of whole species. The problem in modern times is that we have forgotten the nature of the bond we have with animals. We are not upholding our end of the evolutionary agreement. Considering how animals have had such a positive impact on the development of the modern human, it's only fair that animals, particularly endangered ones, are not overexploited to the point of extinction for nothing but completely selfish reasons. First and foremost, we have to vigorously support legislation protecting animals, all things anti-cruelty and animal rights. We have to reject the mistreatment of animals in every way. We have to be aware of how they're being treated and handled as sources of food and reward the farms and farmers who are doing it right, feeding them well, not loading them up with growth hormones and antibiotics, ensuring they have adequate space to roam, and of course, ethical slaughter without inducing fear or suffering. We avoid using any products that have been tested on animals. We avoid buying animals from a puppy mill instead of adopting. And then there's wearing or buying fur. If an animal was killed for the sole purpose of becoming a wearable item, it must be denounced. And honestly, I really don't care how old it is or what animal it's from. Wearing it perpetuates its use in fashion. Thanks so much for joining us on Grateful Grains. You can find us on Instagram at Good Risings, or you can find me at B McMuffin. And you can find me at Jacqueline M. Wood underscore one. See you Monday. Until then, remember, a better tomorrow starts with today. Good Risings is presented by Cavalry Audio.